and welcome back to the program. My name is Michael Finney. Today, I am joined by David Strausser. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hey, first off, thank you so much for having me on your show. Such an honor. Great to be here. And uh, please make sure you check out my podcast, Shark Bite Biz. So will you tell us a little bit about what you do and your profession, your career? Yeah. So my career, I think like most people, has had many twists and turns. And, you know, it wasn't in real, I guess up until about 2015, when I really found myself, I found the industry that I wanted to be in. And it was called uh, ERP, which is Enterprise uh, Resource Planning Solutions. So I got into that industry. It was great. I was good at it. I love tech. I love helping businesses grow. Throughout doing that, I ended up that I started a podcast because I loved helping businesses, you know, I guess grow so much by automating business processes that I started interviewing business owners to kind of give their advice, you know, their experiences, their failures on a podcast of my own to where, you know, everybody could learn with me uh, throughout this journey that we're going on. Very cool. Will you tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry that you're working in? A little bit. So that's funny. It was, uh, if people remember back into the Great Recession, very hard time to find work. It was, uh, it was very tough for me. I was actually living in Tijuana, Mexico, and trying to find work in San Diego and I couldn't. And just one day it dawned upon me, Hey, I speak Spanish. I know a lot of contacts in Mexico. Why don't I look for contract work and try to, you know, find businesses that are trying to grow during the recession by entering into Mexico with NAFTA at the time it was NAFTA. Now it's USMCA. And I kind of did that. And just out of happenstance, I ended up getting a contract, one of the few that I accepted that was in the U.S. And this guy became, after about six months, we became really, really good friends. And he's just like, David, dude, you're killing yourself. You are working all the time, nonstop. And when when you're not working on projects, you're searching for more project work. Come work for my company. So I did. I went out. I worked. I got a job at his company first time. I don't own about seven or eight years. I had an actual desk job doing sales. Oh, it wasn't a desk job. It was work from home, outside sales. And it really, you know, it brought all the things I loved as far as technology, business, entrepreneurship, growing businesses. It brought all of that together. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm a late bloomer. It took me a long time in my life to find something that I was really passionate about and that I was like, hey, I can do this for the rest of my life. I like that trajectory. That's, a, I think, a very common story for a lot of folks that were coming up in that time period. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's one of the things that, again, on my, my podcast, we, we also focus on career transitions because you'll be surprised how many people, oh, you know, I was a mortician at a funeral parlor and now I'm a 
top fitness guru. And it's like, how the heck did that happen? And you find out that, wow, there's so many similarities between the two with coaching, with, you know, the mindset, helping people that it's like, okay, I guess it's not that much of a stretch. It does make sense. Will you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the current state of media? Oh, current state of media. You know, one of the reasons that I have my podcast is I don't trust the media. And I hope I don't get banned for saying this, but I don't like the state of our media. I almost feel like we have state media for the most part. It's propaganda for one party or the other party. So the media that I listen to myself are going to be people like you, people like me, independent voices of you know, both sides of the aisle, somebody like Breaking Points or Joe Rogan, people like that. I go for the independent voices because as an individual, I'm very much against groupthink. And I like it when people can really understand the nuance. That's one thing I focus on my show a lot about is the nuance. Everything's not black and white, okay? There's a lot of gray and we live in gray and there are so many different levels and nuances like you can be a little bit OK with this, a little bit OK with that, maybe not so much with that, but there's nuance to everything. And I think people today forget about the nuance, especially if you do look at mainstream media. Tell us a little bit about the value that you perceive regarding podcasting specifically believe it or not i registered my podcast back in 2015 and i did not launch it until 2025 years later the reason why is i decided to do live events and the live events they were great we can't we call them the anti-luncheons like we'd serve chocolate cake for the appetizer we'd have people like william hung you know non-traditional keynote speakers be in the keynote speakers and it drew attention because of how different it was then covid hit i had the pivot and i was kind of like well how am i going to network how am i going to meet people how am i going to learn how am i going to grow and that's really how I ended up kicking off my podcast to where I went on a growth journey, like meeting these. Well, I guess you could say to start, it was mostly my network of professional friends that I met over the years, helping me get the show going, maybe for the first 10 episodes. But then after that, like I request after request after request, I have about three years worth of guests waiting to be interviewed as we speak. Because what I try to do is I'm going down this growth journey where I believe in the three G, the, excuse me, the three G's, personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. So each episode usually focuses on one or more of those topics. So I figured, okay, let me talk with some of the best people in the world on these individual topics. And what I'm doing is I'm bringing the audience on that ride with me. Very cool. How does this fit into a larger content strategy? So for a larger content strategy, I kind of view it as personal branding. You know, it, it, 
I, I guess you can kind of say like the cliche that, you know, one of those guys that knows just enough about everything that makes him dangerous. That's where I kind of feel that I am. But with that, it kind of gives the professional image that, hey, look, David's a trustworthy guy. David has a good reputation. You look at my, you know, LinkedIn profile or you Google me and, you know, it's full of positive things because I try not to do anything negative. And if I mess up, I own it. So because I know that my personal brand, my personal reputation is everything. That's really all we have in this life is your name, your brand, your reputation. You ruin that and it's hard to rebound. Sometimes you can, but it takes a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work and a lot of things got to go the right way. So I tried to do things the right way. And because of that, you know, I think it's kind of made things a lot easier to where people were like, hey, you know what? David may be knowledgeable about this or maybe he won't be. But if he's not, I'm pretty sure that he's going to tell me he's not and he's going to lead me in the right direction. Most of the phone calls I get from people asking for help, I have no idea how to help them. But I do have someone in my network that does, and I pass them off. And that's also the value as far as having the podcast, too, because I met many of those people through the podcast. I like it. Super useful. Yeah. I mean, it really comes out to what you make of it. I mean, it's like anything. It's like LinkedIn. Okay. If you're not using LinkedIn, if you're not engaging, if you're not, you know, commenting or liking or posting out of it. Whereas if you are fully using it to its full advantage, you know, it's going to be, you know, perfect. So let me ask you this. What does the future hold for your podcast or your content in relationship to your personal brand? So that's a little bit of a tough question. I've been thinking and it's like, where do I go from here? Now, you got to remember, I, I, I do a niche audience. I look for business owners, young executives, managers, directors, people that are trying to get to the next step in their career, in their lives, in their business. That's usually what my target audience is. So when I think what the next step is for the show, really, the only thing I can think of is doing live streams, you know, whether it's once a month, whether it's weekly, um, but it's hard because I travel. So it's kind of like, how do you balance all that out? How do I figure that out and make time? Because the convenience of the podcast is I can record six episodes this week and bam, I got the next month and a half worth of episodes ready. All I got to do is record intros and outros and we can schedule them to publish. Whereas a live stream, you know, you've actually got to be there. Right. Yeah. You have to have the dedicated time and uh, engage on the channels that you're broadcasting through. Yeah. And that's that's the difficulty. I mean, we've done a couple live stream shows. They've been pretty good. I mean, we got... I think the first one was about 950 some concurrent viewers. Uh, the second one was a little bit down, but still in the 700s. But it's just hard to have that consistent time. And that's where I'm thinking 
maybe I get a co-host, someone that fills in for me. Like, hey, it's a dedicated show, but on the days I can't make it, you know, whether it's once a month or whatever, because I'm traveling, someone else is going to be in that spot as a guest host, just like many other shows do. You know, again, like I mentioned, breaking points earlier, you know, soccer can't be there. They have someone in a spot. So let me ask you, what kind of format were you using for those live streams? So the format is a little bit different than what we would do in the regular podcast show. That's one thing I wanted to shake up. I wanted to talk more current events, business news, you know, regulations, things that were happening now. So we would usually, and I did have a co-host, that's why I say we was with a data pine and we would usually a few days before the show, we'd say, hey, here's three topics. She'd take two. I'd take one, but I'd also do the introduction. And, you know, we picked three topics. We kind of like laid it out as far as, hey, this is the background of it. Like, for example, we were covering Twitter and Elon Musk takeover at the time. So we laid out, hey, this is what happened up until this point, you know. This is what's happening now. We gave her predictions and then we went to the next story. We did about three stories a night. And then we usually did a quick mini uh, interview for about 15, 20 minutes or so. And then answered any live chat questions. So it was a much different format than the actual podcast itself. Very cool. Audio is pretty flexible. Yeah, audio is pretty flexible, but we, we've always gone straight out video. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have audio all over the place. Um, audio's everywhere. But we, when I started the channel, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was watching Joe Rogan on YouTube all the time at that point in my life. I was like, I want to go to YouTube. I want a YouTube channel. And the audio version is kind of like a secondary product to the youtube channel but it's still i mean without barely any promotion i mean it's still growing on its own to where you know thousand plus downloads per episodes within a 30-day period it's it's amazing yeah that's fantastic do you have any projects that are coming up professional or personal well right now i did just take a new job new challenge in you know what i call my day job because podcasting is not my day job unfortunately my day job is with the erp industry like we were talking about earlier and i'm with sador usa so what i am is the vice president of business development and i focus on what's called net new name sales so that's what i'm building up right now we're building the U.S. National Sales Force, and we're trying to get the sales team built up, get the pipeline built up, get a sales system that's replicable built up. And that's probably the greatest challenge I have right now because I'm starting from scratch. It was like, hey, you got a blank table? Go build it. That's Part of the reason why I found it so attractive because of that challenge of building it up the way that I saw fit, building the culture the way that I wanted the sales culture to be, you know, healthy competition, you know, everybody's friends, but they also want to beat each other in sales. So it's 
It's got its good days. It's got its bad days. But for the most part, things are pretty good. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. If there's anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up, this is that chance. Um, Well, first off, again, thank you so much for having me again on your show. Please check out Shark Bite Biz. That's three words. You can find it on YouTube or go to sharkbitebiz.com. You can get the links to anywhere, Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes. It's all there on the website. Um, you know, or check us out for at Sador. That's S E I D O R.com. If you need help with, uh, you know, getting your business off QuickBooks and going to the next level. Hey, thank you so much again for having me on your show. Thanks for taking the time, David. You have a good day. You too. Cheers.